Well, if you have a Bible, you can bring the house lights up just a little bit, pal, just so people can see. Open up to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. My goal is to, to preach the word, teach the word, and then I want to get into uh, asking the Lord to do what's in the word in us. Amen? Has anyone found the secret to um, Bible study or devotional life? Um, the good stuff is when you don't just say, Lord, that's really nice here, but could you do it here? And then do it through, through my hands and my feet and my life. How many know the word that became flesh wants to become flesh in and through us? Amen. Before I get diving into the, 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 the message, I just now remembered, um, District Assembly is coming up this, this coming week. For those of you who don't know, we are a Nazarene church. Uh, I'm a Nazarene elder. It's a denomination from the Wesleyan tradition, uh, and uh, it's an honor to have District Assembly, which is, uh, if you'd use sort of biblical language, you would think of regions or zones. We're a part of the Los Angeles region or district, and uh, it's always been held yearly way down in Pasadena, so very few people travel, but this year, uh, it's being held at New Life, 15 minutes away, so... Which is, Gene, help me, first time in history or whatever? Um, so, there, so, so there's tons of handouts out there. If you want to know more information, it's on our Facebook. It's on our email. There's ordination services, uh, you know, where, where, where we officially commission young men and young women into full-time vocational ministry. There's uh, tons of stuff about missions and missionaries globally and what God's doing through the Nazarene tribe all over the world. So be sure to check your email, your bulletin. It's everywhere. And there's handouts out there. All in favor, say aye. 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 All right. We did it. Praise God. So it's Pentecost Sunday, but I want to just dive into to something I don't think we talk about enough. And it's this. How many gospels are there in the New Testament? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, and and Whenever all four describe an event or emphasize a dynamic of Jesus, his teaching, his ministry, his life, we should pay attention. How many know? Because there's a lot of different stuff in the different gospels. So when all four gospels, remember, these eyewitnesses to Jesus, when they all kind of zero in on one important dynamic as a biblical student and a, and a, and a reader and a church, we want to... We want our ears to perk up. So everyone, let me see your ears perk up. And one thing that all four gospel writers emphasize, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is the ministry that Jesus will have in regards to baptizing his church in the Holy Spirit and fire. All right, whatever. I'll show you. We'll just pick on John's. It's in all of them. Many of us, when you think of Jesus' ministry, what do you think of? Go. Teaching, healer, miracle. Come on. Healing, miracles, discipleship, forgiveness. I think about all those things too. And how many sometimes forget, you're not going to get zapped, 
that like sort of the first thing that John the Baptist, Jesus' predecessor, said that Jesus is going to come do, and central to his ministry is he's going to baptize in the Holy Spirit and fire. Honestly, we almost all forget it. Don't act like you're smarter than most people. We all go to the healing. That I love the healings and the teachings and that he died on the cross. Oh, man, that's why he died, the lamb who took away the sins so that now he could fill the temple with his spirit. But the sins, okay, we're going to get there. But no, not hardly any of us like, take the ministry of Jesus serious. That When Jesus comes, John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, he goes, that guy is going to baptize you not with water for repentance, but with the Holy Spirit and fire. I want to just put it on the front burner of our conversation today. That central to the ministry and life of Jesus is not just to be the exception to the rule, to live a, a vision of God's life as it pertains to righteousness and purity and power and, and, and justice and compassion. Jesus did what he did and then paid the price that he paid so that his life could now be burning on the inside of us via the Holy Spirit. He did what he did, not as an exception to the rule, though he was the only perfect one among us. But he did what he did to show us how to live, how to think, how to be. So John says this. I, I, I really like this. In John 1, verse 29. The next day, G John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look. Everyone say, look. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him, Jesus and I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. And we all said amen. And amen. So Pentecost is the celebration. If you, if you track it all with the church calendar, I'm not going to get that out because you're probably not going to be able to see it. And I, I always think about it. I wrote some things, but my, my handwriting is so terrible. Maybe if I had a trusted assistant. I won't make her do that on the spot or I'll hear about it later when none of you are around. But here's how I like to think about it. All week I've been thinking about this, this language here in John 1, and then, I, I, then we're, we are going to pray, uh, and we're going to come, and we're going to just ask Jesus to do his ministry. Does that sound like a good church strategy? <laughs> the church that bears the name of Jesus. Hey, Jesus, would you do your ministry? <laughs> That's what we want to do. We're going there. But I've just been thinking a lot about this, this idea um, the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. If, if you follow it all with the church calendar, what is the first part of the Christian church calendar? Starts with an A, ends with a devint. <laughs> I helped you guys. <laughs> ah, devint. <laughs> what is, this, what is the, the celebration of Advent? What is that 
what are we celebrating? The coming of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, the word becoming flesh, the eternal God becoming one of us, putting on skin and bone. Everyone say Advent is celebrating Christ's coming. Christ's coming. And then the next massive event in the Christian calendar is this little thing we just celebrated called Easter. What do we celebrate during Easter? The, well, before resurrection, he's got to die, right? <laughs> so, so Passion Week, his sufferings, his death on Good Friday, the silence, the angst of Saturday, and then Resurrection Sunday. So Advent, Christ's coming, Easter, Christ dying and rising, and then Pentecost, the Holy Spirit coming to reside and fill his church. Do you see that sequence? So, Because so here's the deal. Jesus knew his ministry. He knew he was going to baptize in the Holy Spirit. But how many know where the Holy Spirit lives and where he wants to live? Not a trick question. Say it out loud. In us. Well, here's where we have a problem. He's called the what spirit? The Holy Spirit. How many know holy and sinful, they don't really reside well together? Everyone say, the problem. problem. Right? So, when John says, here comes a guy who's going to baptize in the Holy Spirit in fire. In other words, he's going to stuff your life with the life of God by his Spirit. You're going to be immersed, dipped, just overtaken by the life of God through the power and person and presence of the Holy Spirit. But before God can come to take up residence in us, he's got to deal with the sin issue. And don't lie to me, we've all got a sin issue until it's been dealt with by Jesus. Can I get an amen from the other 17 honest people in the room? And so here's why I love it. I've been just reflecting on it. It's super goofy, but I hope you never forget it. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He comes, he dies, taking away the sin of the world, making way for Pentecost. I, I just, I've been picturing it as a little bit of a sequence. Jesus died to pay for my sin as a substitute for the the, the, the punishment, the wrath, the judgment that I deserve. We've celebrated this during Easter. Jesus steps in as a sacrificial lamb, and he takes away my sin, thus making a space ready to be stuffed with the holiness of God. It says, by the blood of Jesus, you and I, Hebrews chapter 10 Verse 13 through 17, we are made holy by the once and for all sufficient sacrifice of Jesus. The lamb, behold, the lamb, he's going to take away the sin of the world. And after he takes away the sin of the world, what's he going to do? Come on, that's the technical Greek. But he's got to take it away. And my question, just as we pause here right at the beginning... Has he taken away your sin? Have you confessed your sin? This is a trick question. Have you said, Jesus, I I have an issue. There's all sorts of stuff that's jacked up in my life, choices I've made. 
things I knew I shouldn't do, but I did, things I knew I should do, but I didn't. Omission, commission, pick your flavor. Have you let the Lamb of God take away the sin, not just of the world on the cross, but personally? Nod your head at me if you said, yes, I've, re- I've turned from my sin. I want him to, to cleanse me. I want him to wash me. How many know so many of us just stop there and think Jesus just wants to take away our sin? Now, to be clear, I'm super glad he wants to take away my sin. Can I get a witness? Who else is super glad that the lamb has taken away your sin? But he does that so he can fill us with his spirit. Jesus said in John 14, he said, it's for your advantage that I'm going to do what I'm going to do on the cross and then go away and sit down at the right hand of my dad. Because unless I go, he won't come to live inside of you. Unless I go to the cross and I'm that lamb that finally takes away the sin, that, 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 that veil of separation, that, that boundary marker in the human heart that was stubborn and rebellious and at odds and enmity. And the, the Bible literally calls us, uh, we're alienated from God because of our sinful thoughts in Colossians 1.21. But Christ tells his boys, his friends, his disciples, it's to your advantage that I'm about to do what I'm going to do because I'm not just going to be God with you. I'm going to be God in you. Turn to your neighbor and say, with is pretty cool, in is even better. (laughs) He's like, unless I go, unless I go and I apply the sufficiency of my blood on the heavenly, the mercy seat in the heavenly realms, just read all of Hebrews 9, I don't have time. He enters the more perfect tabernacle, the one Moses saw and tried to do on the earth, but the perfect one is in God's uh, domain, amen, in heaven. Until he ascended with bearing the marks of our redemption and he sits down and he provides eternal salvation for all who believe in him. Jesus says, it's for your benefit that I go do that so that from that place, of supremacy and reigning and ruling over heaven and earth. I and the Father, we can send you another, a helper, an advocate. What's an advocate? Someone help me out. What's that? Someone that fights for someone else. How many think that's a pretty good definition? Someone who fights for someone else or represents them. What else is an advocate? An intercessor. Someone read their Strong's Concordance this morning. That's exactly what it is. Jesus said, unless I go, he can't come. It's to your advantage. I'm going to go do what I'm, I, only I can do because I'm the only sinless one in the bunch. How many know he was tempted in every way, Hebrews 2.14, but he was without sin? He's the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Why? So that you and I can become a house for God's Holy Spirit. How many know that it's a pretty cool, mind-blowing thing that God wants to make you and me, us together, a house for his presence? Like, what do you do when you got people coming over to your house? Some of you probably should do that. I mean... 
That's why my wife just keeps our house clean. So if someone drops by, it's ready. What, what else do you do when you're about to prepare for someone to come? Right, you throw everything in the nearest closet. Come on, men. Where are the honest people in church today? Right? The Bible says that he didn't just die so that you and I could keep wallowing in our state of of mess. The Bible says he died to make us holy, cleansing us from the inside out, and then filling us with the power of his Holy Spirit so we could live a radically transformed life. How many know that God actually wants not just to not just to like address our symptoms. He wants to heal, transform, renew us from the inside out. This is what Pentecost is all about, God coming and changing the game forever. So let's go there, and then we're going to be done. Acts chapter 2, go here with me. So the lamb has to take away the sin of the world first before the Holy Spirit can come and fill hearts, minds, and lives that have been cleansed and washed through the blood of Jesus. Acts chapter 2, it says this. When the day of Pentecost came, which is 50 days after Passover, by the first century, they're already... Uh, commemorating Pentecost, the, the Feast of Weeks, as the, the festival of ingathering, the first, the harvest that's offered to the Lord for his goodness. How many know we are all desperately needy and dependent upon God's ongoing provision and goodness? From the sunshine to the rain to the seeds that break through the soil, we are absolutely dependent upon God for everything. Whether or not we acknowledge it, come on, elbow the person next to you and say, you might as well acknowledge it because it's true. So Pentecost is this celebration of, of, of the goodness of God, the Feast of Weeks. And uh, by the, again, by the first century, it's also the, the commemoration when God gave Israel the law on Mount Sinai in Exodus 19. All of this is happening on Pentecost. They were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues or languages as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each of them heard their, in their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed. Someone say, utterly amazed. They asked, aren't all of these dudes speaking Galileans and Dudettes? Then how is it that each of us hears in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Everyone ask that with me. What does this mean? What does this mean? 
amazed and perplexed. Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. How many know the Holy Spirit is always controversial? <laughs> right here. Like, he didn't have to wait till like, the early 1900s in, like, West Coast of California. When the Spirit's poured out, there are, there, there are always, how many know God is super okay with breaking uh, through our barriers and boxes of what we think he can and should and shouldn't do? How many want a God you can fit in a box? Raise your hand. No one's going to be honest. All of us want to fit God in a box. <laughs> How many know God is not all that interested in filling our box? He wants to fill our lives with his presence and all of creation. Just some, some simple comments. I, I love these questions in Acts 2. What does it mean that God's spirit is poured out on all flesh? Just a couple points. What does it mean that Pentecost has come and that God wants to pour out his spirit on us today? How many believe he wants to pour out his spirit on us today? What does it mean? What it means, I can't get through all of them. It means that every single person in this room can personally and profoundly know God as their father. Every single person in this room has equal opportunity and access to God through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. Every person in this room is a prime time candidate to, to be considered a friend of God. Every person in this room is a prime time candidate to become a house for God. Every person in this room no longer has to live vicariously through a select, special few, chosen, holy, better than you, better than me, people. Every person in this room can be a recipient of the favor and the life of God by the Spirit. What else does it mean? Every single person in this place can become a walking, talking temple of God. I love this. What, what does this mean in verse 12? It means that God's presence that was once located in a spot on the earth is now his presence that has gone mobile and global in and through the people who believe in the lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. How many know you're a part of the mobile, global temple of God? Come on, someone say, I'm mobile. And I, have, I can go global. And God lives in me. We celebrate Pentecost when God took the law that was holy and good. Just read Romans 7, but it had, there was a problem. You'll never forget it. Right? You, I'm being funny, but... I can't get it in here. Now I can have surgery. Don't do that. Don't think about it. <laughs> the law is holy and righteous, and it shows us God's vision and version of human flourishing and how we're meant to be connected to him and how we're to love and serve each other and to live a righteous, just life. But the only problem is it can't get in here. 
So what does Pentecost mean? It means all of God's dreams and desires for you, for me, as it pertains to justice and purity and righteousness and all of his desires that we would be people of humility and love and kindness and compassion, all of the things that we see in the life and through the life and ministry of Jesus, that Jesus was the walking toppled, the word made flesh. Now by the spirit, Pentecost means God can take the written word and write it on your heart with the, the, the parchment of your heart by the ink of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but let me just share my testimony, and then I'm done. I, my whole testimony as a, as a young teenager was one of, of a dog returning to vomit. Sorry, that's like the Bible. It says it in 2 Peter chapter 3, where I knew better, but I lived far below what I knew better. Am I talking to anyone today who's ever lived there? And, and so my whole life, I, I, I would read this thing, and I, I would go to church, I would do good, do good, and then I would fall back into sin or rebellion. I would, I would do good for a season, and then I would return to my bad habits. Am I describing anybody in the room? Carnality. And, and what would I do? I kept giving the lamb my sins to take away, but at some point, the lamb wanted to have a talk with me to be the lion, to not just take my sin away. He wanted to conquer sin and give me a new life of victory. Aren't you glad he's the lamb and the lion? He's the suffering lamb that bears the sin, and he's the lion that comes and says, there's a life of victory. Power in the spirit. I was 16, and I, I remember, uh, you know, I had gotten into trouble I was doing things I shouldn't do, don't need to glorify the sin, rather glorify the Savior. Um, I was busted, I was found out, and finally I prayed the Pentecostal prayer. I said, Lord, I don't want to do good, I want to be good. I don't want to try to do holy, I want to be holy. That was my words, I was only 16. How many know it's not a sequence of words. It's a posture of heart. Amen. I remember I was 16. The best thing I can do is just testify. So I'm, that's why I'm testifying. Why Pentecost matters to me. So I was 16 years old and I, 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 I prayed that little prayer. Lord, I, I, I need you to change me. I need, I need this to not just be this external thing that I always go to to try to earn my favor back to you after I sin and do stupid stuff. I mean, I used to like, when I made bad choices, uh, that was to put it mildly. When I would sin and then feel guilty for my sin, can we talk? So often, instead of going to the Lord, I would go, I would, I would, instead of just receiving his mercy and grace and actually walking in victory, I would try to earn my way back to God. Anyone else ever done that before? <laughs> so sometimes if I, would, if I was in a season of rebellion as a teenager, I would, uh, I would like read the Bible two hours. <laughs> Am I the only one that's ever done that, tried to earn their way back to God? Is no one going to be honest? <laughs> I'm a freak. I probably am. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> Brother, saving me. I mean, I would sin, I would watch something, I was 16, and then the Lord, there was a, just a definite inbreaking power of the Holy Spirit came. But I would like, every time I'd make stupid choices, the way back to God seemed to get further and further. Come on, somebody, am I talking to anyone? 
It would feel like, okay, the father is farther and farther, like his front porch, remember Luke 15? Like the way home gets farther and farther, and probably some of that is true, because how many know sin takes you further than you want to go and keeps you longer than you wanted to stay? Right? And so I would read hours. I would like, okay, God, so that you'll receive me back, I'm going to read the whole gospel of Matthew. <laughs> I'm just confessing, Okay. But I want you to know, you don't have to earn your way back to God. It was a lesson I'm still sort of learning at 35. How many are slow learners like me? But here's what happened at 16. I'm thankful that I read the whole Gospel of Matthew for the record. I love that God put that in me, that trigger response to want to please him. That's him and a little bit OCD all-or-nothing personality that I inherited from my father, <laughs> who's preaching next week. You don't want to miss Father's Day. He's going to be with us, my dad. Shameless plug. But when I was 16, I said, Lord, something's got to change. You need to come take up residence in me. I need your holy fire to cleanse my heart from the inside out. I, I'm not, I'm done playing games, wishy-washy, in, out. You, I want you to ch- I want you to make me holy from the inside out. Amen? How many know God's pretty interested in that prayer? I mean, he's interested in some of our, almost all of our praying, but the prayer that says, Lord, I want to become a house that's suitable for you to come and dwell. And so I was 16, I prayed. There was no tears, no, you know, I was still kind of living on the lie that God was super far away. I had to earn my way back but my heart was sincere. How many are thankful God knows the sincerity of our hearts? I just said, Holy Spirit, I want want you to fill me. I want you to cleanse me. I want you to make me holy. I don't want to go back to the garbage. I want you to definitively change me from the inside out. And I remember I was 16. I prayed that prayer in Jesus' name, amen. I prayed it in faith. How many know it's faith that we need? Feelings are awesome. They can follow. The manifestations are awesome. They can follow. But how many know he's really drawn to faith? Come on, someone say faith is what matters. Everything else is amazing. If you're a feeler, that's awesome. If you have amazing experiences and explosive, woo, those are awesome. Everyone say yay. But what God responds to is a heart of faith. That just says, come. Do, you got to do what you can do, Jesus. So I, I pray that, and, and many of you already know my story, but I'll just say that was, that was the moment when God baptized me in his holy fire. How many know he can do it in a 16-year-old? He can do it in an 88-year-old. He wants to cleanse his temple and then fill us with his spirit. And all I can say is, From 16 on, I'm going on 19 years. From that experience, I've had a lot of life and water under the bridge. Can I I get an amen? But my life has never recovered from when Pentecost that we just read, when the violent wind came. How many know we need the violent wind of his breath? Come on. I needed the violent wind of his breath. I had a whole lot of stubble built up. Anyone else have the chaff, the worthless? Just someone say amen so I can keep preaching. Uh, 
because it's hot up here, man. I needed the violent wind. I needed his fire. You know why? Because I needed all of those impurities in my heart to be cleansed so that they would look like Jesus. I needed him to give me a new heart so that I could speak words full of life because out of the overflow of the heart, Matthew 12, 34, the mouth speaks. It's not an accident that their speech is inspired and transformed after they get heart transplants by the Holy Spirit. Right? How many know if you're just always addressing symptoms like your bad attitude, your bad language, your bad this, your bad lust, your bad this, and you never posture yourself on the operating table of his love and say, give me a heart transplant. Holy Spirit, you'll always be addressing symptoms, but there is actually a remedy, a solution in Christ by the Spirit that he can cleanse your heart. Anyone ever experienced that? I'm not saying you don't have to overcome temptation. and um, that, How many know you'd be tempted as long as the day is long, but there's victory when he gives you a heart transplant. That was my moment when the Holy Spirit came like a violent wind and filled my house. Now, oddly enough, I didn't know that's what happened to finish my little tiny testimony For two weeks, I just started getting up and pressing in. I got up at 6 a.m., I'd pray an hour before school, and I'd read the Bible an hour a day. Still had a little bit of that, I have to earn my way, but I'm super glad I did it. Pastor Ron's favorite quote from Dallas Willard is always that grace is opposed to earning, not to effort. I'll say it slower. So many of us are wonder why we're still infants in God, but we've never allowed the grace of God to kick us into gear to pursue the one who pursued us with everything. And so we say, oh, works righteousness, you have to earn your way, earn your way. But how many know God's grace empowers the chase? I like that. God's grace empowers the chase to go after him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. How many know you just, okay, So for two weeks, I was getting up early, I was praying, I was pressing in, I was chasing after God because I had experienced new realm of his grace. And two weeks into the thing, I'm in my room praying and just worshiping back when they used to have CDs. If you don't know what CDs are, your neighbor will help you. (laughs) I was listening to a song about the holiness of God, I remember, and I remember just the holy, I remember just weeping. Do I got any weepers out there when God touches you? Come on, where are my weepers at? I like a good weep. But I remember just weeping and weeping and weeping, and I went into my dad's room and just said, Dad, I didn't do anything. I'm just pressing in. How many know not all tears are bad? Or maybe all tears are probably good in some way. Not their cause, but anyway. So my dad said, son, just go ask the Lord what happened. And then this is my testimony. When, when Pentecost became real to me, not just on a page, I said, Lord, what's going on? He said, I'm not just the lamb who wants to take away your sin, as if all I'm interested in the world is to deal with sin. I'm looking for real estate to occupy. Come on, that'll preach right there. 
And when I was 16, man, I'm 35, I've not gotten over it. Ask anyone who's known me all those years. There has not been another season of rebellion. There's been choices, and sure, I've missed the mark, not like I used to, but there has not been a season of, God, okay, your way, no thank you. He changed the trajectory and course of my life. Pentecost happened in my heart. And so the Lord's like, I don't just now, you're not, now, son, you realize I don't just want to deal with your sin. I want to deal with who's calling the shots. I want real estate. I want to fill your life with my spirit. Amen. It's a, it's a distinct thing. How many know when we come to him as just little baby sinners who don't know anything, we really need a father who can deal with our sin? But how many know as you grow up in the Lord and you start like my, my little boy Ethan, you start crawling and start stepping up on things, at some points, Father wants to have a talk. He doesn't just want to keep changing your soily diapers. He wants to teach you how to go on the toilet. Can I preach right now? And as a 16-year-old, the Lord, I was like, Lord, why the weeping? I've been pressing in. I prayed that prayer like two weeks ago with no emotion. Because it's not about feeling, it was about faith in the moment. Come on, someone, today you can feel nothing but have faith that's ready to receive a new heart. And you can receive it and begin to walk in it. The Lord will take care of whatever else. Come on, somebody, say amen. And so the Lord's like, finally. Now I love dealing with your sin, son, but now I have you. Come on, Paul. That was it. I was 16. I didn't hear an audible voice. God still speaks audibly. People hear it. But I heard the inner, still, small voice of the Holy Spirit as clear as day as a 16-year-old. I've got you now. And to me, Pentecost, I already know they were clean because of the word Jesus spoke, John 15. John 15, 1 through 4, you're already clean because of the word I spoke to you. What happened at Pentecost was not just that God dealt with their sin. He dealt with their sin when he paid the price 50 days earlier on the cross, and we all said amen. What happened at Pentecost was there was a group of people in an upper room who were saying, Jesus, you were the sufficient lamb that dealt with sin. Now be the sufficient, now fulfill your promise to, to occupy the space that you've cleansed by your blood. Come and live in us, inhabit us. I say it like this. The first advocate, Jesus, the lamb who takes away our sin, he he identifies with our weakness. Everyone say identifies. Aren't you glad Jesus understands all of the ways that we're weak because he's fully man? Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm so glad I have Jesus, my advocate, right next to the Father who knows how weak I am. Look at this. Listen, hey, the first advocate identifies with our weaknesses and he was crucified in weakness, 2 Corinthians 13, 4. How many know he was crucified in a posture of weakness? Amen. So he identifies with weakness, but the second advocate, the one just like the first, just like Jesus, the Holy Spirit, fully God, amen? The Holy Spirit, he's called the, another, Allah, or Allah's advocate, this, this helper is going to come in the same manner and likeness as the first advocate, Jesus, but he's the Holy Spirit. He's going to come not just to identify with our weaknesses, he's coming to inhabit our weakness. <sighs> Because how many know it's one thing that he identifies my weakness, it's a whole other thing to receive the Holy Spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. 
I'm so thankful for Jesus that he understands how weak and frail and how difficult life is. He experienced life. I'm so thankful for one who can identify, but I'm super thankful on this Pentecost Sunday that by the Holy Spirit now, he can inhabit and transform our weakness through his power. That's what we're celebrating today. What does this mean? And then Peter preaches a whole message, and then I love this. I love the two questions of Acts chapter 2. Here's the end. He preaches this amazing message in verses 14 through 35, but here, here, here he ends. Let all of Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and to the other apostles, what shall we do? First question of Pentecost, what does this mean? Verse 12, it ends with, verse 38, what should we do? What do you have to do to receive the Holy Spirit? Well, you've got to memorize 26 verses. <laughs> you've got to take a special class that we're offering right after service. Some of you are shaking your head at me. Is that bad theology? That's bad theology. I love it. I'm going to answer biblically. What do do we do? What does this mean? We all hear the message of God and his wonders in our own heart language, and then what should we do after their hearts are cut open? Here it is. Peter replied, repent. Turn from and turn toward God. Rethink everything in light of the one I just preached, Jesus, the King, the Lord, the Master, heaven and earth. Be baptized. We have a baptism at the end of July at the beach. Check your email. It's going to be sick. If you've never been baptized, it's time. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. How many are thankful for that? And then, oh, by the way, This promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all who will call on the name of the Lord our God, from all whom the Lord our God will call. How do I receive the Holy Spirit? Repent, be baptized, believe in Jesus. I can try to find verses to make it more complicated. (laughs) <laughs> like, <laughs> so some of us today, we're at that fulcrum where the, the Lord, we're like Ethan with poopy diapers and the Lord's like, it's time to grow up. Let me have your heart. I don't want just your sin. I want to sanctify your heart. I want to cleanse your heart. Some of you, He wants to have that talk. I can deal with more than just your sin. I'm thankful you do that, but I want to fill your life with my spirit, with my power. Some of you, we need need to just receive that today. Amen. We need to receive that. For others, maybe you've, like I'm six, I was 16, I'm 35, I've need a whole, I've leaked a lot in 19 years. How about you? 
This side thinks I'm funny. This side, it's hard. I'm trying. I promise you I'm trying. I can move over a little bit. I've leaked a whole lot in 19 years. The Bible says, be filled, present continuous, keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So maybe that hits the rest of us. Whatever your condition or posture, I want to end by praying, Holy Spirit, come, cleanse, fill, empower. Write the law on our hearts. Give us a pure heart. Fill us for life, for ministry. Fill us with courage, boldness. All that we see in Acts 2, and if whoever, who read the book of Acts this week? Raise your hand. Some of you did. You did the assignment. Yay! <laughs> who wants to keep the ministry going of Jesus by the Holy Spirit? Almost all of us. Yay! So here's what I want to do. Just want to invite you to stand with me. Invite the team to come. Thanks for going with me. Come on up, prayer team. Come on up, uh, worship team. New Wine is probably a really good song, since that's what they thought. They had too much wine. <laughs> In Acts 2.13. Go ahead and spread apart, prayer team. And I, man... I really want to encourage you to respond to ministry time this morning. Let someone pray with you and for you and just over your life to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to receive a new heart, to be cleansed and empowered. God wants, he doesn't just want to identify with your weakness, he wants to fill you with his power, with his Holy Spirit. He doesn't want to just deal with your symptoms. He wants to deal with the root, your heart. He wants to give you his heart today. And if any of those ways you fit while they play, why don't you just come and let someone pray a prayer with you and over you together. So I'm going to pray. They're going to start playing. And you can just dial it down just a little bit, the house mix, Justin, so people can hear people praying. But let me pray. Father, right now in these next just few minutes as we actually respond to the word about Pentecost Sunday, that, Lord, we can repent. We can turn away from our sin ourselves, our own governance of our own life, and we can turn toward you, Jesus. We can receive your cleansing, your forgiveness. We can receive your lordship. And then today on Pentecost, we can receive baptism of the Spirit. We can receive your fire that cleanses and empowers us to live a brand new life. And so would you just come? We're going to spread apart here and just come and just receive prayer that the Lord would fill you with his spirit today. So come on up. We're going to gather up front. Just as you feel the Holy Spirit lead you, come on up and we'll dismiss in a minute. Don't be shy. They'll just pray a brief prayer over you. Garrett's leading the way. Come on, everybody, anybody, come on up. It's not all heavy. If you just want to be filled today, you want God to do something fresh, just respond to his grace. It's awesome. Yeah, there's no shame, man. Everyone can have more.
spectators kind of viewing people going to the altar like, oh, I wonder what their sin was. That is not this place. Can I get an amen? I want to be a church that, and I'm not putting this on anybody, so don't feel guilt. I don't care. You don't have to do anything. But when ministry time is available, I want to be a church Hey, if the waters are being stirred and the invitation's given, I want to respond if the Spirit's moving. No one's going to judge you and think, oh, 
I wonder this or that. I just want you to know God wants us to become a family. That the, the flow of his love just from one person to the next can just with no blockage. How many want to become that kind of family where it's just like. It's good. So I, I'm not going to belabor. If you need to leave, you can. But we're going to just stay and linger. They're going to sing that chorus. But if you've not responded, you're like, just do it. Just, we'd love to pray and minister with you. Just feel free. No pressure, but just wanted to say that. And then we'll dismiss in, in one minute. Love you. So make me a vessel. Make me an offering.
As, as we just transition, there, and he can still play keys and transition. How many received the Holy Spirit today? Just receive, praise God, just by faith, trusting in Jesus. I want to end with this prayer from the Bible. Put your hand on your heart. I just want to pray this. I just, I keep asking that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Come on, someone say, I want the incomparably great power. That power is the same as the mighty strength that God exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand. So Lord, I just thank you as you send us from this place, you're sending us with the incomparably great power of resurrection life. We ask, God, that we would actually live the revelation that we are your house, your real estate, your home, that we would want to live lives that are conducive to you, to your beautiful presence. God, I pray that you would fill us for ministry this week, that our witness, our workplace, our, our, our marriages, our friendships, our families would be categorically transformed because we are living, moving, walking, talking temples of the Most High God by the Holy Spirit. So Lord, just fill our spiritual family today and now flow through us this week in powerful, sometimes small mundane ways. But while we're present to you, God, you're there. You're honored in that offering. And so Lord, fill us and flow through us this week. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you.